0: today since we every week we put up on our website and on iTunes and messages and know a lot of people, especially in the summer, have work schedules and travel and whatnot. So we want to make sure that everyone can listen no matter where they are. Lisa, if you're listening in Southeast Asia we said hi. okay let's go um, to Luke chapter 11 and I'm going to read from oh we do have extra Bibles too if anyone needs one. Uh, In the bookshelf, I think we're good. Okay, Luke 11, and we'll start in verse 1, and I'm going to read through verse 13, okay? Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation. Now, you may be used to the Old English or other Bible translations way of saying that. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Right? Okay? So you may be used to that. Now, continuing in verse 5, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, A friend of mine just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You fathers, if your children ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Well, thank you, Jesus, for that help. Right? We've got to remember, Jesus, fully human, fully God, knew that we would need help. He said these things on purpose. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote them down, right? Because they needed help, and they knew that we would need help. And I thank God that He didn't leave us without help. Now, we've been starting this talk focused on the way that Jesus says at the beginning of this prayer, well, with, starting with the concept of they saw Him pray... If anyone could have not been water baptized, if anyone could have not prayed, it could have been Jesus, right? He, did he really need to? Well, apparently he said he, he thought he did need to for our benefit. And so they saw him praying, and they had the attitude of, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Show us how to pray. So that's the attitude we're taking in this series, right? Now, the first thing he says is pray like this. And the literal translation of his language is daddy God, who is in heaven, may your name be kept holy in me. Okay? Holy is that set apart word. It's something that is good, that is different than anything else in this world, right? So daddy God, he starts with that Abba Father, you may have heard, which is the Hebrew for or the it's it's their language for daddy God, who is in heaven. So before we even bring a request We're zeroing in, we're kind of getting our mind, our heads screwed on straight, if you will, on the fact of who you're talking to, the one true living God, and where he is. He's in heaven, right? He's not in the seat, he's not in the wood, he's not in the tree, and at that time you had people that would carve wood and worship it, right, bring it offerings and you know, spend money to worship something that they carved themselves, right? Or the idea, or worshiping ancestors, or or stories and things of that nature. No, the one true living God, the one who created the world, who carved out the deep of the ocean, who carved the shape of the heights of the mountains, who set the sun, moon, and stars in orbit, who set it all in balance, with the moon affecting the tides of the ocean, we are only yet discovering a fraction of the amazing creation that God did for our benefit, calling us to relationship with him, redeeming us, right? So that is a part of who we're speaking to that Jesus orients us with. Now, this morning, I want to, as a little bit of a departure from our series, look at this story immediately after what we call the Lord's Prayer as a way to help us. And I want to just seed you with a, a sentence as a way to describe this okay so let me try this god our father and friend will replace frustration and fear with faith let me say that again it's 5 f's i don't know if that's going to help you or <laughs> cause a, a problem but let me try that again God, our Father and friend, and here in this story, Jesus uses examples of God as Father and God as friend, okay? God, our Father and friend, will replace frustration and fear. Now, in the prayer and in this story, we have frustration and fear. I, I, I don't know about you, but I certainly in my life have frustration and fear, right? You can use fear, anxiety, depression, you know, whatever, and frustration, Right, same thing, right? we see things in our life that are not the way they should be, and we and we, oh, right? We struggle with that. It's hard, whether it is the process of aging or an old injury or something else like that. Where there's frustration when things in life are not the way they should. You know, I, I have family members, and so does Rebecca, dealing with multiple health issues and different things. And when you when you see that, it's because God didn't create us that way. Remember what it was like in the garden before sin entered the equation? Adam and Eve were designed and set up without guilt, without depression, without fear, an open relationship with God, talking to Him and listening to Him, and without aging and without sickness and without sweat from work or pain in childbirth. All those things came with sin. Right? So that's how God had it set up to begin with. So any frustration or fear that we face is not from God. right? Paul wrote to Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. So God, our Father and friend, will replace frustration and fear with faith. And this year we've talked about faith on and off as seeing what God sees, agreeing with it, Praying and acting, right? It's our faith in action. I see what God sees, what my neighborhood could look like, should look like, what my family, what my home, what my finances could look like, should look like. I see it. I agree with God. I ask God to do something and I take action as well. right? Okay, so God our Father and friend replaces frustration and fear with faith. Now let's go back to this story. So Jesus, because it's really important, I don't know, if any of you have ever heard the verses in here quoted before, anyone who asks receives. Have you heard that before? Knocks, right? Well, we should probably know what Jesus was talking about when he said that. Am I right? Can I get a witness? Right? Or we just pull it out of context and use a, I want my pink Cadillac, right? Right. I mean, that's, that's easy to do because it sounds good, doesn't it? I'd like to have this and I'd like to have that, and I'd like, right? You know, I'd like to knock down the walls of my neighbors' houses and just take over. Just have like three, you know. Mm-hmm. I, but that's not what Jesus is saying. So let's go back to what Jesus is saying. So Jesus is saying, and I, what I, I I find this to be Jesus' most Baltimore story, because it it sounds like it's in a row house, right? I mean, we got neighbors that you know. Um, in their 60s 70s and 80s who still not really using air conditioning or maybe a little window unit or whatever like to have their windows open all night every night have always been that way and the old mayor and governor Donald Schaefer said that the worst thing that happened in Baltimore was air conditioning because before before air conditioning people would have their their doors and their windows open and they would knew what, what was going on in each other's houses and would protect each other care for each other and it was real community when people started to shut their doors and shut their windows they didn't know what was going on in each other's lives we're not as involved not as open so on and so forth right so I, I personally still appreciate air conditioning but but having friendships and getting to know your neighbors is really helpful you know we had one that helped uh, prevent uh, one of our houses from catching fire so you know we we like good neighbors right <laughs> like a good neighbor okay so anyway <laughs> so he describes us as going to a friend's house and that friend is god right uh, in verse 5, wanting to borrow bread. And us saying to God and knocking on the door and calling up to a second story window is kind of the the, the word picture that Jesus is giving us as though the window is open at night, right? So he can hear. He says, a, a friend of mine just arrived for a visit and I've got nothing to for him to eat. And Jesus says, now pretend that he calls out from his bed. Doesn't Now, so this is God. Jesus is kind of funny if you think about it. Jesus is God up in the second story window of the row home. He's not getting out of bed. He's just yelling down at, at you down on the street. Don't bother me. Well, this is just something for Jesus to say that God is saying to us. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. Right? I can't help you, but I tell you this. Now, this is Jesus talking again. you got to look at the quotation marks to show in your Bible. I tell you this, that though he, God, won't do it for friendship's sake, again, wow, ooh, Jesus, what are, you, what are you saying to us? If you, talking to us, keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Okay? Now, within that context, Jesus says, "And so I tell you: keep on asking, you will receive; keep on seeking, you will find; keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives; everyone who seeks finds; it. and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open." We'll come back to the Father story, um, if we have time. Now, one, uh, I want to uh, let's make a couple of um, observations about this. Right after Jesus has given them a pattern for something to pray, Daddy God who is in heaven, right? Right after that, he tells them a story that has two main points. Now, the one that's easiest to pick up is don't give up, right? Jesus is saying, He's telling us, um, and I don't know if you can see this, but it really, I have to be honest with you, it's taken me years and multiple readings of this story to get this point. He's telling us that prayer is designed to have an answer, but the answer isn't always immediate, don't give up. That's what he's saying. Don't give up. But he's also saying prayer is for everyone. It's not for the professional Christians. We don't show up to watch other people do it. It doesn't matter what you've got a $5, $20 vocabulary, doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, he he's giving us a simple pattern, very simple pattern, and he's saying he doesn't say you got to pray loud. He doesn't say you have to pray quiet. He doesn't he doesn't give us room for that. And he doesn't even say that we can't tell him what's wrong. In fact, if we look in his prayer and throughout Scripture, we have lots of pattern for telling God what's wrong in our world. But what he does say is don't give up. So let's come back. God, our Father and friend, replaces frustration and fear with faith. Okay, so don't give up. Okay, the prayer is designed to have an answer. Don't give up. Now the other point is a little bit more subtle. Let's think about the story that he's telling. He's telling a story about us taking someone into our house, right, to stay the night, out of town, friend, inconvenienced, you know, you might say, taking someone in and feeding them but not having enough to give them. Right? Now, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. You've got family that comes and visits you or friends or whatever. But when you're in that kind of situation, sometimes there is no saying no. <laughs> they're going to stay whether you like it or not. They may sleep in the RV out in front of your house or whatever, but they're going to stay, right? So when you're in that kind of situation, you can have frustration and fear. Oh, my Lord, what are they going to do to my house? What are they going to break? What are they going to... I don't have enough food, right? This is a real thing Jesus is talking about. This is the real world that he's talking about. But what we can't do is pull his story about prayer and us getting an answer to prayer out of this context. We can't take it out of that. Okay? Two thoughts that I want you to really think about in this context. One is relationship. Okay? So he starts with... Pray like this, Daddy God who is in heaven. And Jesus was the first one to say that. It's not holy, holy, holy. It's not, he doesn't go, now he does refer to the reverence for God in your name be kept holy, which we've talked about, we'll talk about again. But he also brings an informality, a family love element to it. God our Father and Friend. So we can't pull prayer out of that context. Now, I don't know about you, but I definitely myself have bossed God a little bit in prayer. As you grow up, right? As you grow up, you start to learn that's probably not a good idea. You know, or, or you know, and I don't want to make anyone feel bad. I'm just talking about myself or get whiny, Right? Now, God's not afraid of our emotions. That's very clear in the Bible. He wants to hear from you. And you come with brokenness, and that's, that's all okay. But there's one thing if one of my kids comes to me with, I'm having this problem with other kids at school, which they do, right? Their kids, you know, our kids give other kids problems, and they receive other kids problems, right? So it's one thing if they come and they're all broken up about it once, or maybe on a couple of occasions when it happens, but if they're coming all the time and it's the same emotion all the time and there isn't, they're not starting to grow up or they're not starting to learn or they're not starting to kind of turn the corner emotionally, then as a parent, for me, it becomes a, a different issue, right? At the beginning, I'm trying to deal with whatever the issue is, bullying, arguments, name-calling, whatever, mm-hmm. right? I'm beginning, I'm trying to and comfort them, console them, love on them, Right? But if they're not maturing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not supposed to still be wearing a diaper. We're supposed to grow up. Right? That's a bad picture. Right? No one wants that picture. So we're we're supposed to grow up. Right? So I, in helping that child, at some point my prayer starts to become less I'm focused on my frustration and fear and more my focus is on God our Father and friend. And so... God, we can't pull this whoever asks receives out of a context of relationship. It's a personal relationship with God. The other thing that I have very rarely heard anyone talk about is the context of what he's saying this prayer is about, to keep on seeking, asking, and knocking, is when we are meeting someone else's need. That's what he's, he, he, now earlier he says, pray, give us this day our daily bread. So he does talk about that and forgive us and, you know, right? He does talk about that. But in this context of whoever asks, whoever seeks, whoever knocks, what Jesus is really talking about is when we are meeting someone else's need. Okay. When you have somebody comes over to your house and what did the person do in the story? They started to meet the person's need already. Right? They brought him in, they let him stay there. In Jesus' story, they didn't drag the person to God and say, you're going to sleep at God's house. They took him in and said, you can sleep at my house. And they took him in even though they didn't have enough food. So let, let me, let's, let's talk about this and think about it. If I want to pray prayers that are big and that get answered. Some of my prayers need to be about other people. Some of my prayer needs to be about other people. Some of my prayer needs to be big. You notice in this story, the person, us, that represents us, is not able to meet their need. So, even though they're taking action, they're asking God to do something that they're not capable of doing themselves. There's no time to earn the money, to, to get the ingredients, to bake the bread, to, to meet the need, right? So God wants us to ask for things that are beyond our reach, right? And I actually hope that my whole life I'm bringing to God things that are beyond my reach. Has kind of changed my ideas, Right? Because if I don't have a person in my life who has a need that's bigger than what I can do, then I'll just turn inward and it'll just, my life will be all about me and then that's going to get frustrating. I've proven that already. All right? I've already. I've lived enough of my own days totally self-focused to know that if I'm only thinking about me, it's frustrating. Right? Solomon, the smartest guy in the world, wrote, to human desire there is no end. Right? You're never going to stop wanting stuff or food or pleasure. Or what You're never going to stop wanting. Right. we got to kind of get over that at some point. So if I want to pray prayers that are answered, i got to be able to dream big. God, help me see what you see for this person, for this neighborhood, for this situation. And I need to pray specific so that I know it's answered. So, for example, Ed... We've been praying for Ed's diabetes, right? That was one thing, very specific. And Ed knew exactly where, when, how, right? Right. You shared the story, it's a specific prayer request. And so when he knew he was healed, he knew it was done. Then what he did was, you know, you watch, I'm going back to the doctor, I'm getting the blood test, I'm getting the results, right? And that's what we did. And so when the blood test came back, no longer diabetic no need for medication, no need, right? And then another checkup and then another checkup. You know the prayers answered when the prayer was specific, right? Right. Right. When it was specific. One of the things that I prayed for was that we would have food and clothing that we can give away and a means to help homeless people. I prayed that on specific days, and on specific days, I prayed very specific in detail, stuff showed up. I knew the prayer was answered. But I was praying something specific. So in detail, you want to pray with detail. You want to dream big and be specific, right? Now, the other element of that, they see both in Ed's story and my story about the food and clothing, is a willingness for me to be a part of the solution. And that's what we see in Jesus' story, right? I have a friend that's come over. I need bread to meet. I'm, I'm gonna, God, you don't need to feed them. Uh, You give me the bread, I will go feed them. I will let them sleep in my house. And so that's in this story, right? So we should dream big, ask God to open our eyes and see what he sees, agree with him, ask him for stuff that's beyond our reach, but also ask him for how we can be involved in the solution. That's that's really in this story that Jesus gives us. And so if I want to pray prayers that God will answer, if I persist and keep on asking, keep on seeking, and ask and receive, that needs to be the kind of prayers I'm praying. Now for me, we've been in Baltimore for a few years now. Like I said before, we know a lot of people that don't know Jesus. We're serving the neighborhood, the community, the kids' public school, and so on and so forth. It's easy to all of a sudden kind of stop praying for certain people and certain things. That's just me. Right, and then I look back on certain weeks, and I have to ask myself, if God had answered everything that I prayed for this week, who would have come to faith, right? Gotten saved, baptized, turned around, delivered from addictions. Who would have been healed? What needs would have been met? Like I've got to, at some point, whether you classify it as uh, another way to classify it as sin and hardship whether someone's unemployed or someone's uh, addicted to drugs or whatever the sin is, right? I've got to stop sometimes and ask myself, if God answered every one of my prayers, what would have happened? Right? And so what Jesus is saying, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't take it out of the context of relationship. Pray, Daddy God who is in heaven, God our friend, here's what I'm doing here's the need, I don't know how to meet this need, it's too big for me, will you do it? And then you just keep, you know, some people who watch that show, Penny, Penny, there's a TV show, people, like a constant knocking at the door, right? A constant knocking on God's door. God's saying, don't give up. Whoever knocks, the door will be open, right? Whoever asks will receive, whoever seeks will find. So, it's comforting it's encouraging. You see the benefit of a life where God, our father and friend, replaces frustration and fear with faith. So that life is possible. And he comes with, he knows that we need the reassuring. You know why? Because the last, what do the last two verses say? If you evil people know how to give your kids, you don't give them a snake or a scorpion or a rock. You actually give them bread. You actually give them what you ask. How much more will your God give you good gifts? Your daddy God. And so there's this encouragement. This, who are you talking to? It's God. God loves you. He created you. He cares for you. He wants to help you. And that is very encouraging and makes it so much easier to not think of prayer as just a frustrating religious exercise that is pointless. Right? It's a lot easier to not think of prayer that way but instead to view it as something that God designed to have an answer, something that God designed that we can be involved with Him in meeting needs and seeing real change. Isn't that interesting? So, What I'm curious to to hear from you, what do you think, based on what we've talked about, you can do this week about this? Val's used to these kind of questions in our small group. We do this all the time. Kevin, go ahead.